0: Welcome to the Telford Minster podcast. Thank you for joining us and listening along. Our vision is to make Jesus known in Telford and we hope that your attention is grabbed by Jesus today and what he's doing in your life. We have moved into the completed Minster space on Southwater Square in Telford and we'd love to invite you to come along and give church a try at our 4pm gatherings every Sunday. We're opposite Wilco's and above Novella Lounge. Enjoy the podcast. 1-18. 1-18. one to 18. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations, greetings. Considering it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be matured, complete, and not lacking anything. but the rich should take pride in their humiliation, since they will pass away like a wild flower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossoms fall and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away while they go about their business. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, the person will receive the crown of life the Lord has promised to those who love him. who does not change like shifting shadows, who chooses to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. Can I pray for you? (laughs) The Lord God, as uh, Matt brings us your word today, may you fill him up as he pours out and may the words on his lips resonate with us and just pour into us all today as we hear what you've got to say through Matt. Amen. Amen. It's good to see everyone here
1: uh, in the outer darkness on this side. It seems like the lights are a bit off, Uh, but it's lovely to see some of you. And of course, this bit over here is the loudest group because that's where I was sat. Uh, So no competition there. Um, If you need a Bible, please feel free to grab one of them, they're over there, but if you don't want to do the walk of shame to the front over there, there's some just out the doors uh, that you are welcome to get. We're launching a new series, Kingdom Culture, Uh, the kingdom of God which is made known in the here and now, since uh, Jesus rescued us uh, on Easter. And have set us free and filled the church with our love and hope and his spirit to, to enable uh, the kingdom of God to come even in Telford, even in 2022, even during lockdown, the kingdom of God was at work. And so we're going to unpack uh, through the book of James, through the letter of James, uh, this, this term. Uh, there's going to be a lot to take in. Uh, it's going to be like drinking from a fire hydrant. <laughs> Some bits might be really uncomfortable, and that's all right. Drinking from a fire hydrant might be a little bit uncomfortable as it gushes, uh, but it's gonna be well worth it. And today we are looking at what is it like to have faith under pressure? Faith under pressure. I don't know if you've ever had moments in your apprenticeship to Jesus where you felt, oh, do you know what? It's just too hard. Anyone? Yeah. I I am one of those. I would be putting two hands up because, do you know what? Following Jesus is hard. Sometimes it's really tough. It's really, really tough. And I'm sure it happens with other apprenticeships too. You know, if you're an electric uh, uh, apprentice or a plumber or a builder or a carpentry, whatever industry you're in, sometimes being an apprentice is really, really, really tough. Sometimes your boss gets on your nerves. Just ask any of my staff team. But sometimes it just wears you down, and you think to yourself, can I really do this? You know, if you've done any bits of education, GCSE, A-levels, some of us might have been to university, when you sit there and you're sitting through those exams, and you're like, I can't do this. Anyone thought of that too? Yeah. But for me, the moment came in my apprenticeship to Jesus uh, when I had long-term pain uh, from a botched knee surgery. Uh, Both knees, I used to run about 70 miles a week uh, and destroyed both of my knees as a teenager. And when I'd done that, I was left with uh, pain and cartilage floating about, uh, and the pain was agony. For for three years, I battled with the pain uh, from that surgery. Another was moving 10,000 miles from South Africa to the UK due to an armed robbery, where uh, gunmen jumped out of a lorry and had us at gunpoint, where we had to just up and leave. Another was uh, through Vicar Factory, and I know today you could be proud. Look, I actually look like a vicar. Uh, That's because I was speaking down at a more traditional church uh, down in Luton this morning. But through Vicar Factory, I was like, come on, God, you've got to change the Church of England, if you didn't know, we're a part of the Church of England, but uh, you've got to change the Church of England because she is breaking your heart, because we don't seem to be bothered about the poor. We don't seem to be bothered about the the spirit at work within us. We seem to be more bothered about um, old church buildings rather than introducing people to Jesus. And my apprenticeship to Jesus was a little bit shaky. But you know what? That long-term knee problem was healed. Someone prayed. The the metal that was in my knees disappeared. The moving the 10,000 miles, leaving a community, I arrived, joined a church, and I found love and acceptance and a family. Through Vicar Factory... Uh, we got together every day, me and three other friends, and we prayed for the Church of England to change. And guess what? Brothers and sisters, the Church of England's changing, and it's looking more and more and more like Jesus every day. But in this letter, James's letter, to the, the people of Israel scattered around the Roman Empire, this is Jesus' half-brother, James, the leader of the church in Jerusalem, to the Hebrews and the Jewish people from around the Roman world. They were facing persecution. They were facing crucifixion. They were literally facing being eaten by lions every day. This is to the Jewish people around the world and to any one of us who reads it. Could we just imagine for a second, Jesus' half-brother, uh, James, could you imagine just for a moment, you know, James never seeing a bad day of Jesus? You know, maybe I, I was an older brother, uh, I used to call my parents Mary and Joseph, because my brother could do no wrong. Um, but literally, Jesus did no wrong. Imagine being his brother, quite something. But this, this James is the leader of the church in Jerusalem. And these Jewish Christians all around the empire letter not just to one person. Sometimes in the Bible, there's all these letters to groups of churches in one place, or they're written to an individual. But here, uh, James is writing it to all the Jewish Christians around the world. Sometimes, though, uh, we might think we are persecuted. We might feel like we're facing persecution all the time. Maybe our mates are like, "Come on, you know let's let's hang out on a Sunday. Why are you going to church? Uh, maybe it's our family going, "Come on, what are you what are you on about? Why do you hang out with those people? Why do you live your life differently? Maybe it's your uh, colleagues at work that, like, really, come on don't don't be bothering with church. why don't you just?" Give it all up, pack it all in. Now, if you've got your Bibles in James, uh, in verse 2, it says that we'll be facing all sorts of trials. Whenever you face trials of many kinds, because uh, you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Guess what, guys? If you know and love Jesus, your faith is going to be tested. There's, There's no doubt about it. Following Jesus is hard. It's really tough. You've got to live your life differently to how you started it. But these guys are facing these trials. And these aren't trials uh, from an inward source. They're not about feelings, about, oh, I don't know if I could can feel this stuff. You know, I don't know if I, I feel that God loves me. These are external trials that are coming towards them, like persecution or famine or people wanting to, you know, lop off a limb or all those sorts of things. They're not, out, they're not inward stuff, they are outward stuff. And I think for many of us here, we're not really in fear of our lives, We're not really kind of expecting the doors to be open, the police to run in and arrest all of us for meeting because we know and love Jesus. At least I don't think so. No? Great. But these people, these Christians, were expecting that to happen. They are expecting that they might die for knowing and loving Jesus. But James says to them, Consider it pure joy. Pure joy. Now, I don't know about you, but I might read that and go, come on, James, you're being a little bit bonkers here. Really? Consider it joy that they might come in and arrest us and put our family to death. But you're saying consider it joy. Yeah. Real joy, because when we know and love Jesus, we live life in all of its fullness. We don't live half-lives. We know the ups and the downs and Jesus walking with us, even if we are facing the worst diagnosis that you could ever imagine. Jesus says, I am with you, and I will never, ever, ever let you go. Consider it joy. This joy that's deep-seated, that no matter what you face, you can be content knowing that whatever, you co- whatever comes in the next life is by far better than the one that we're facing now. See, because death is defeated by Christ on the cross, it's done. There is joy to come. And he gives us his spirit dwelling within us. He's not distant. He's actually in us, making us heirs and co-heirs with Christ, saying, come on, you are with me and I am with you wherever you go, even in prison, even uh, facing all that persecution. Why? Why is this? Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Wow. Persevere under this persecution. Keep on going. Don't hold back. Keep on living. Because when we do it and we face persecution, we come out the other side. And when we come out the other side of facing those trials, those external pressures, we're mature. Complete, and we don't lack anything. How amazing is that? Not lacking anything and mature. See, church history shows us that when Christians are persecuted, the church grows. Like, that's the upside-down world of the kingdom of God, isn't it? That when you uh, look at China from the, the early days and sending Christian missionaries over to China and then being persecuted, the church grows. North Korea at this moment, if you're a Christian, you are likely to be put in a concentration camp, but yet the church grows daily. In, in, in North Sudan, in the Sudan, where, where it's militant to follow Jesus, or Eritrea, or, or India, the church is growing daily. Under huge persecution, these people will probably lose their lives to follow Jesus. A friend of mine uh, who is a Christian who grew up in Eritrea was kept in a shipping container for months because she was a Christian. That's when we know that our faith is being tested, these external pressures. But God says, I am here. In the UK... In Europe, in the Americas, we're not facing any persecution, really. And what do we see in the church? Shrinking and shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. Now, what I'm not saying is let's go and get persecuted. I quite like being a little bit comfortable. Being a vicar means you're not comfortable at all, trust me. But... God is still at work here and now. See, I, I do pray that we might have to live our lives in light of Christ. I do pray for a little bit of that. Come on, ask us why we live the way we do. But I think the moment, at the moment in the Christian church, I don't think the world really knows what's going on. I don't think there's any distinctives between us and the, and, and the other people in the UK. And that makes me really sad. See, because we're supposed to live a life that's distinctive. We're supposed to live a life that's in light of Jesus' death and resurrection and being born and set free. We're supposed to live a life that when someone is sick or hurt or dying or struggling or going through whatever to say, do you know what? Jesus can bring healing to that situation. He will bring salvation to that setting. Salvation, uh, when we go all the way back, actually means healing. He will come and heal and set free and restore whenever, whenever we pray. It may be that we have to endure it for some time. It may be that we are only healed when our lives end. But you know what? Jesus still says, I'm there. But he also might set you free just like that. And he might bring healing to your body just like that. Just like he did when I was suffering that pain. But then he goes on and says, if any of you lack wisdom, ask for it. For these 12 tribes, uh, in that persecution, ask for wisdom because he'll give it to you. Us, when we live every day, we can ask for wisdom. And he says, here it is. I ask for wisdom every day. Every day when I pray, I go, Lord, would you just give me enough wisdom for today? And you can be the judge whether you think God's given it. But trust and don't doubt. Trust that he's going to give it to you. It's not about whether you doubt uh, about your faith in general. But this is about whether you doubt in asking for wisdom and him providing it. Some people kind of will say to me, oh Matt, you know, I'm feeling like a bad Christian today. I'm not really sure what's going on and what I believe. Um, Sometimes I'm just overwhelmed by kind of all these thoughts that come into my mind. That's okay. But ask for wisdom. And then don't doubt that he's going to give you the wisdom to work it out. If you're here and you're doubting your calling or your faith, we want to pray with you. We want to stand with you. Do you know that faith is actually a gift that God gives you? So why don't we pray and see that God gives you that gift of faith? Because I know he will. He did it this very uh, this morning when I prayed for a lady who felt despair and worn out and just couldn't go any further. We prayed for her and she was just filled again with the spirit and she went, "I can face tomorrow." That's what this is about. So don't worry about, about that, but just ask God for the will that wisdom. He will he'll, um, provide it. When we doubt that he's provided that wisdom, we can be blown around and tossed around, blown like the wind. We kind of begin to expect not to hear God's voice but he's speaking to you and me and us collectively. Maybe today you need some wisdom. We'll pray for you. Ask for it. Ask God even now as I bore you as you listen to me. Pray, pray, pray. Gareth in a bit, um, I don't know where he's disappeared. Uh, no, he's there. Gareth over there. Um, just wave, Gareth. Um, Gareth is going to be probably sat on those sofas over there. And if you want to hear a word from God, Gareth will pray for you, and he'll give you a word from God. Um, Gareth is beginning to stretch his prophetic muscles. And so uh, if you want to hear a word from God, Gareth is your man. So he's he's going to practice. He's going to ask for wisdom, and he's going to be bricking it from now until the end of the service. See, this, there's also this play in James between the rich and the humble. See, some of us might be really, really earthly wealthy. We might have uh, 100K in the bank all locked up. Some of us might not have two pennies to rub together. But, 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 James here is, is reminding us in, the, in that little bit about blessed are you. Just like the Beatitudes in Matthew 6. Blessed are the poor in heart, for they will receive God. Do you know it? Let me read a little bit to you. When people insult you, persecute you, say all sorts of things against you because of me, rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. See, it doesn't matter whether you've got n- not two pennies to rub together or 100,000 pounds in the bank. Be blessed. But for those who have got 100,000 pounds in the bank, guess what? You can't take that to heaven with you. Use it, uh, invest it wisely, give it to people who are in need. See, faith under pressure doesn't. Mean that that pressure or temptation is from God. It tells us in verse twelve to fifteen. See, God can't just uh, go against His own character. But He says, "Okay, well, um, evil, evil can't tempt God." whatsoever. He kind of says, all right, well let's let's test what this person's faith like. A bit like Job or Abraham or or even Jesus himself. Go on, let's let's see what this what this faith is. But God is not testing you. God is with you. He can't He can't bring evil into your life. It's against his whole nature. Some people will go to me, Ah oh, Matt But God is God is doing this to me, and I'm like, no. It's completely against his character. He's not doing that. Sometimes it's us being a little bit stupid. When we do things that are stupid, guess what? You bring your own trouble. Sometimes it might be that there's a situation going on that we don't know what's going on, and we say, God, would you help? Would you intervene? Would you break in? And sometimes we just don't know. But what we do know is that it's against God's character to let evil happen, or it's against God's character to kind of bring evil things to us. So if you're going through a difficult time, guess what? That's not God. But He says, I am there. He cannot be tempted by evil, but we often are. And those things might be sex or power or money. It tends to be one of those three things. Sex, power, or money leads us into all sorts of evil, and we sin against God. So if you have a problem with sex or power or money, find someone with a pulse, speak to a village leader, speak to anyone really, and say, would you pray for me? I'm going through this. Would you stand with me as I endure this temptation or this trial?" Sort it out. If you know what it is, sort it out. Because everything that is good comes from the Father. He wants to give good gifts to his children. He wants to give good gifts to you. And again, Matthew, Matthew says this, in, um, or Jesus says this in Matthew 7. Ask and it'll be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be open. Which of you, if your sons ask for bread, will give him a stone, or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then know, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more would your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything. Do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Ask God. Ask God for the good things in life. Now, this isn't some sort of like, uh, if you give, that means you'll get. No, that's just nonsense. And I think when we read the scriptures, we go, no, that's just utter guff. But still, ask God for good things. I'm not going to be waiting at the door with a contactless machine saying, right, if you give, you get. That doesn't work like that. God wants to bless you, so ask him. Even if you don't give a single penny to the church, that's a whole different set of uh, chats that you and I will need to have, but God's blessing is for you. He is for you, he wants good. He doesn't want evil to happen to you. So, why? so that you can tell others about the goodness of God. And it goes round and round and round. See, when people see that God has blessed you, they want a blessing too, and they ask, why is that happening? You go, do you know what? I don't know, but that's God. Do you want some of this tea? And pray for them. See, when our faith is under pressure, when persecution comes, joy is there. When we face those external pressures, joy can come. When we need it, ask for wisdom. Life is tough. Ask for it. When, um, when we're presented with temptation, say, God, would you bring good things? I know that you're good and I trust you. And receive God's goodness for you and for your family and for your friends. So, let's pray. Let's ask for God's wisdom. So three things that I think we should uh, begin to pray for, unless Steph's got other words. Firstly, do you need wisdom for a situation? Are you starting a new job? Ask for wisdom. Are you going through a patch? Ask for wisdom. Are you breathing in and out? Ask for wisdom. Mm -hmm. And we'd love to pray for you. If you are facing temptation, in whatever, whatever way, sex, power, money, whatever it is, we'd love to pray for you. And we'd also love to pray for you for God's blessing and for you to receive good gifts, even if that is faith, just to get through today and into tomorrow. Shall we stand? And uh, not because, you know, there's anything about it, but... uh, you know, closing our eyes just means that we're not distracted by anything that's going on. Opening our hands just helps us to uh, acknowledge that God is there and he wants to give good gifts to us. So why don't we just wait for him? So Holy Spirit, thank you that you are the giver of good gifts. That you are the giver of wisdom that comes from Christ. And you are the one that keeps us away from temptation because the Father is good. And so, Lord, even now, would you by your Spirit, now let's just wait.
0: Thanks for listening. We hope this time has blessed you. Hit the subscribe button to hear more like this. And to find out more about Telford Minister, follow us at Telford Minster on Instagram and Facebook or go to telfordminster.org.uk